Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Steve, great to be on with you, and you are correct. It is great to be in Florida. Uh, we, we were hoping maybe mid-January, but we won't complain being down here at any time when it's 90 and sunny, so I'll take that. Phenomenal. All right. <laughs> So for Tampa Bay, a rough 24 hours. The Red Sox eliminate the Rays. And then on banner-raising night, the Penguins stick it to them 6-2. to two. Uh, Could you tell how quickly into that game could, could you tell that the Penguins had a good flow on the ice? I think it was pretty instantaneous, Steve. I'm sure you watched as well. I mean, the Penguins were – dialed in they were uh I, I said on the broadcast not even a step quicker than tampa i felt like they were a couple steps ahead of them uh with everything that was happening on the ice they established a really productive and strong forecheck immediately in the first period uh they didn't hesitate to get pucks on andre vasilevsky he's obviously the best goalie in the world so right. it's going to be tough to get things past him but to keep him busy was a, a key for them uh going into that game and I really felt like whatever Mike Sullivan drew up before that game as far as a game plan was concerned was executed about as closely as it possibly could. And it took that to get past a team like that who, you know, in Tampa's defense admittedly did not have their A game. But at the same time, it's two points that are in the bag for the Penguins to start the season, and they're two big ones at that. Yeah, but that's a team that wins a lot of games with its B game. right? Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. When you're really good – you may have a B night, and you're still good enough to win because you're that talented. And that's what impressed me. Even when that game was scoreless, in watching that game, you could tell right away who the better team was even in a scoreless game. Yeah, and you know what I, I thought was really interesting too, Steve, and we talked about this on the broadcast, but the, uh, the Penguins really outplayed them in the first period. I think they doubled them up in shots 14-7. to seven. I mean, it was, uh, it was fairly one-sided. But you also got the feeling of, oh, man, did they just let an opportunity slip away to catch Tampa before they could get their footing. And then to Pittsburgh's credit, right off the faceoff in the second period, Jeff Carter creates that turnover and Dan Hine and scores 12 seconds in. And you almost had the carryover effect from the first. And it didn't really allow Tampa to put their feet down and get comfortable in that game because of that. So I just felt like their commitment to what they needed to do to win that game was Honestly, as far as the 60-minute effort, something that we haven't seen consistently from the Penguins really since I've been around and since Mike Sullivan's been the coach as far as without the big guys in the lineup. But they all bought in. Uh, And to start that way and and win it against a team like that in that kind of an atmosphere, uh, you know, they put themselves in a situation here where they could have a perfect road trip to start the year. Josh, I'm really big on guys who have been there, done that before. Uh, when I see a guy, I thought the acquisition of Jeff Carter last year, like, is he a superstar? What, I, but he's a guy that's been there, done that. How important is his presence considering that, quote, the big guys are currently out? Yeah, so I'll tell you this, Steve. We're back with the team this year after not traveling last year. And oh. so I didn't really get a chance to, to meet Jeff Carter or get to know him at all last year because we were just kept away, um, which you know was understandable given the situation. But being back this year and even a little bit, We've been around the team here to start this season and been here, you know, traveling with them in Florida. Mike Sullivan said it last year. When Jeff Carter walked into a room, there's just kind of an unspoken swagger because of what he's accomplished in his, his career, and it's there. I mean, I'll tell you, just watching him, just being around him, seeing how the guys uh, speak with him and respect him and kind of follow his lead a little bit, uh, I think it's been really fun to watch. And then, you know, the, not even a cherry on top, the, the bonus to all of it has been that he's produced it such a high level 
and so consistently still at the age of 36. I mean, it's, I, I'll be honest, I, I, going into this year, I'm trying to temper expectations because nine goals in 14 games like he did last year seems unrealistic as far as a pace set to come into this season. But he looked great last night. He was the strongest player on the ice, I thought, for the Penguins. Uh, set up that first goal. You know, he was making Tampa have all kinds of problems in their own zone. He got on Victor Hedman. He got on Mikhail Sergachev. Like, these guys that generally don't have much of an issue getting the puck out of their own end had Jeff Carter and many other Penguins in their face uh, often last night. So I, I really was impressed with the player that he is, and now I'm starting to get to know the person that he is. And you can see why Ron Hextall went out and got him last year, already having obviously knowledge of him from his time with him in L.A. and Philly. And uh, he's come in here and just has been an absolute gem of a find for this team for what he's been able to do. In fact, it's interesting you bring that up. I mean, so let's talk shop for just a little a moment here, but the fans will benefit from it. Uh, Jack Ham and I last year were at every game, but we couldn't be around the team. I mean, we even stayed in a separate hotel. We traveled separately and so forth. But we were there, so that was a plus of being there. But he didn't get to really know everybody, get a real feel for being around people. What's it been like for you to now get back with the team, travel around and be with them after going through last year where in a lot of ways you were doing the job and making sure that the job was at least getting done without those connections? Sure. No, you're right. Uh, That's great that you guys were able to travel last year because it was definitely something that, you know, when we weren't doing it, you kind of just accepted it for what it was. But I'll tell you, Phil Bork and I, when we did all the preseason games on the road this year, too. And, uh, you know, granted, that's not the same atmosphere as what it was in Tampa last night, not even close to it. But just being out there for a few games and kind of looking around and being like, okay, you know, you, you don't realize how much you don't see when you're not sitting in the booth and calling the game and last night as that whole ceremony was happening you know Borky he's great he just looks over at me (laughs) and gives me a fist bump and he just kind of nodded his head as if to be like this is awesome like it's so great to be back in here and uh, I agree with that completely it's it's awesome and uh, you know it was a great atmosphere last night and just being back in these buildings with a you know even as they're practicing here while I'm talking to you right now in sunrise it's it's just fun to see. I mean, it's, it's normal. And, and I know there's a lot about the world that's still not normal and a lot needs to be figured out. But uh, to have this kind of dose of normalcy from the sports perspective is uh, uh, not to get dramatic, but pretty therapeutic on a lot of fronts. It's interesting because, yeah, we refer to it as normal with a small N. That's how we refer to it as right now. But it's, it makes such a difference. And, uh, and the fact that all the stuff you can see, I mean, it's a, in other words, you know, there are probably plays that you couldn't pick up on last year. They, like just in the preseason and last night, the whole thing is right there in front of you with a full vista. You could really call the game the way you wanted to. No, you're right. I mean, and, and it's just I, I think also, and I'm sure you would say this with Jack too, uh, you look at the, the color guy and they have to notice so many things oh, away yeah. from what we're calling. And to come off a monitor, it's a tough ask to, to have yeah. them describe the flow of the game because, honestly, they don't see sometimes the penalties that happen behind the play because they're not on camera. Yeah. Um, but when you're in the building, you see everything. And there were a couple times last night, a couple penalties in the game. I mean, one of them was point blank in front of us, but the other one, you know, Phil noticed what it was behind the play. He yeah. just holds a little post-it up for me to see what it is, and I can say it as if I saw it, but I didn't. And that's the nice bonus of, you know, being in the building and having four eyeballs out there, you know, on what's going on on the ice. So uh, it is a welcome return for, for sure. And, you know, there's there's limitations, of course. It's not 100% what it was, but sure. we're here. 
and right. you can't ask for much more than that. No, you can't. No. Well, don't rub it in that you're there in Florida, okay? I get that. At some point, <laughs> That's the last time I'll say it. Okay. It, it, at some point, it's going to get cold, Josh. Okay. Yeah, no, hey, hey, listen, I, in about a month and a half, we're going to uh, Winnipeg, Toronto, and Montreal. I think I'll be singing a different tune. Okay. Guess what? <laughs> they just got even with you. All right. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> this is obviously going to be a test of the organizational depth without having some of the big names not there. Through the preseason and that opener last night, what have you seen in the organizational depth that maybe gives you hope that they'll be able to get negotiate this part of the season before other guys get back? Well, I think there's a couple things. First of all, it should be mentioned, as I'm talking to you right now, um, Sidney Crosby's on the ice for practice. Jake Gensel's on the ice for practice. Zach Aston Reese is on the ice for practice. Like These guys, I'm not saying they're in the lineup, Right. But they're close. They right. wouldn't be practicing if they weren't close. So I think that gives the guys a jolt, just knowing that they're right around the corner. Um, but, you know, I talked to Ron Hextall today for our GM show, and he, he said something that I thought that was really interesting, but true from the player perspective, that they know they're coming back, but they're not waiting for them to come back, these guys that are in the lineup. They're, they're taking advantage of the opportunity. And, you know, you look last night, Steve, I mean, six different goal scorers, all the newcomers, and I, I hesitate to call Dominic Simone a newcomer, having been here for five years already, but on his return, he finds the back of the net. You got Brian Boyle scoring, got Danton Heinen scoring, uh, you know, you got a point from Brock McGinn, Tristan Jari looked great. I just thought anyone who needed to have a strong start to the season, and I do realize it's one of 82, so you got to keep it in perspective, but in that kind of a situation with who you were missing, uh, it was really encouraging, and I, I do think a lot of these guys realize, hey, listen, you can do the numbers here. Sidney Crosby, Jake Gensel, Zach Aston Reed, mm-hmm. Evgeny Malkin, that's four roster spots that are going to be snatched up here when they come back into the lineup. So that means four of these guys in right now are watching with us in the press box probably in not too short of time either. So right. uh, the, the competition continues, and Mike Sullivan's always been huge on that internal competition. I will be honest that he's never really had it. Um, like he has right now with who's out of the lineup. So I think that's been interesting, too, because he talks about that, and it may be one or two guys, but you got four or five guys right now that are going to be, quite frankly, hard to pull out of the lineup because of what they've been able to do for this team. Um, So obviously there'll be no hesitation with who's coming back, but it's a good problem to have. And I really was encouraged by, you know, the, the amount of guys that stepped up and really put their best foot forward last night to start this season. It also gives them an opportunity to take a look at some line combinations, which you may be forced into down the road in the season. I think in some ways that helps out Mike Sullivan. Oh, no question. I think that Mike Sullivan's able to see a couple guys. You know, he's always been someone who believes that he'd like to have guys in his lineup that can play the wing and the center. I mean, the first guy that comes to mind for me is Evan Rodriguez, yes. who's largely been used as a winger since he's been acquired uh, a couple years ago from Buffalo. He's in the middle right now with Jason Zucker and Kasperi Kapanen, and you know, I, I think you'd like to see a better finish from Evan in the chances he's had, but he's getting chances, and he's working his tail off, and I thought he was one of the Penguins' best players in the preseason. Um, so, that's a guy right now that you know sees an opportunity and is going to make things difficult as far as taking him out of the lineup. And um, there's just depth, and there's guys that can move around. And they brought in a guy like Brian Boyle who can kind of cement that fourth line center role that gives them just the opportunity to build from that point upward in their lineup too. So uh, they have a lot of speed. I think they have a lot of guys that are trying to prove themselves. 
And honestly, they have a lot of, let's just be real here, they have a lot of question marks around their team as to are they going to snap the playoff streak this year? Are they going to get in with the injuries they're dealing with? So they have a bit of a chip on their shoulder. Uh, not to sound too cliche, but I think it was proven last night by how they played and what they did. It was, it was a systematic and business-like performance to go in there and beat that team. Tristan Jari is the one that got the start last night. Uh, how do you feel about the, the Penguins in goal with Jari and obviously Casey DeSmith? Yeah, so I think we all thought, you know, is there going to be a change? Will something happen? Ron Hextall obviously uh, was a goaltender and a pretty successful one at that. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he, he had his moments. Um, so I, I wasn't sure how he was going to approach it. You know, in talking to Hextall um, last year as the season was winding down and after it ended, I did actually get the vibe that there wasn't going to be a change. And I said that, and I thought that because you look at the big picture, Tristan Jari's 26. He's under contract for this year and one more at $3.5 million a year. And the Penguins are a team that plays to the cap, or pays to the cap, excuse me. And you look around the league, and I just put this out there as a reference. I mean, people say, go get another goalie. My response is who? And by that, I mean, you know, Jonathan Bernier, who last year won, I think, less than 10 games with the Detroit Red Wings, signed a deal that pays him over $4 million a year with the New Jersey Devils for two years. So Tristan Jari is making less than him, and Bernier did less for a, a worse team a year ago and will be on a worse team this year too. Right. So, I mean, I always ask the question, who and with what money? I mean, there's just not yeah. a lot of options out there. But I think when you look at the grand scheme of things with Tristan, there's a lot to build off of. The guy had 25 wins last year, fourth most in the National Hockey League. He was – you know, a guy that I think when you look down the stretch actually played some really good hockey for the mm-hmm. Penguins. He, he shut out a couple of strong teams in those last couple of games, shutting out the Islanders, shutting out the Bruins down the stretch. Um, and, you know, he lost his way in the playoffs. There's no way to beat around the bush on that one. He was a terrible turnover in game five. We all were kind of hoping that he'd be able to mentally put that past him in game six, and he looked like a, a lost puppy uh, on Long Island in that game when the Islanders ended the Penguins' season. So, I, I definitely feel like he's a guy that's going to have the spotlight on him all season long. I mean, even if he wins 10 games in a row, right. it's going to be about, that's great, but what are you doing once the Stanley Cup playoffs start? Right. So um, he's kind of going to be on a wait-and-see basis as far as the uh, the um, appreciation factor, probably, from the fans and people around the league. But, you know, he looked great last night. I thought he made yeah. some timely saves. Uh, he looked confident. He looked calm. And in that setting, that's exactly what you want to see. So uh, I feel like, you know, as far as a building block, that's a good one. And I would not be shocked to see him right back in net here tomorrow night against Tampa or against Florida. In fact, they probably had, you know, usually you hit an offseason. People ask questions about goalkeeping to begin with, goaltending to begin with. But when it's an expansion year, and of course, Marc-Andre Fleury ended up going to Vegas in the expansion. That's why they're wondering, I think, you know, which one is going to be unprotected? What are they going to do? And that probably added to the drama surrounding goal. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I think, you know, to be honest, I wasn't sure what the uh, Kraken were going to do. They they ended up signing Phil Grubauer after drafting a couple of goalies. Yeah. In the draft. And I kind of looked at it and said, oh, be careful here because Casey DeSmith's a pretty dependable backup and for yeah. a cheap rate, too. I, I wasn't sure if they'd maybe take a look at him. But once they started picking up all these goalies, that kind of eliminated that option. But, um, you know, I, I think that anytime you have these expansion drafts and now the Penguins have dealt with them, what, two times in the last 
five years. Yes. They're, they're going to make things interesting. And I think the wounds are still fresh with what happened with Vegas for a lot of Penguins fans. So, you know, seeing this, this uh, draft coming up this year, immediately your attention went to goal. Um, obviously the Kraken took Brandon Tanev, but yeah. it, it was, it, you know, it was always a possibility. And it's, and I still wouldn't put Ron, ask Ron Hextall to look at the goaltending situation as this season moves along, whether or not Tristan Jari is playing great. Um, I just feel like that that's always going to be something that you never want to have too many options or not enough options in. Um, and the Penguins certainly have uh, put themselves in a decent spot with Jari and the Smith. Um, but it's all, you know, kind of a, wait and see approach to see where these guys are at with their overall body of work as we kind of get going here. But Josh, part of that body of work is how people play in front of you. And I thought in front of Tristan Jari last night, my opinion, I thought they played really well in front of him, including back checking by the forwards. What did you think watching it? Oh, they were great. I I thought that they really clogged up a lot of the lanes and the defensive zone, the lightning really couldn't get a lot of pucks through. And honestly, you know, Mike Sullivan talked a lot in the morning about, making sure that a lot of the Penguins' focus was the play between the blue lines and the neutral zone because Tampa is just such a fast team, and they love to come up ice with speed, and they love to play in transition. And if you can slow them down and force them to work their way into the zone as opposed to fly into the zone, it dramatically changes things for how they like to set up and how they like to attack. And I really thought the Penguins did an unbelievable job on that front last night. And as a result, to your point, made things a little bit easier for Tristan Jari from the perspective of, you know, seeing shots, being able to track the puck, and then also not giving them a whole lot of second-chance opportunities to Jari's credit. There were many times where he covered up or made a save and immediately froze the puck so that uh, there wouldn't be any, uh, you know, chances for the lightning in and around the net. So I just thought that it was a really sound game, both sides, offensively and defensively, and that trickled back into the goal. And again, they cleared lanes. There are so many times last night where Jari wasn't screened because they cleared lanes, and I thought that was really important. There was one where it was point-blank top of the circle, and everybody, and Jari's like, let's just play catch, and I thought that was great. Josh, enjoy. Okay, who knows what golf course you're playing? No idea. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, thanks for putting the practice sound in the background. We all know you're on the 16th tee. <laughs> uh, okay, guys, you can turn you can turn the sound off now. I'm finishing the interview. <laughs> Josh, great job. And by the way, we're so thrilled that they made the right choice by having you be the full-time guy, which is phenomenal because you earned it and you're one of the best in the business. Thank you so much. It means a lot coming from you, Steve. I appreciate that. And thanks for having me on.